Thanks for tuning in to the Banner Church Podcast, recorded live in sunny Scottsdale, Arizona. For more information, visit banner.church today. Enjoy the message. Just invite him, say we give you permission to move in every way, every way right now in our lives, in this moment, right now. We don't want to wait. We don't want to hold off. We don't want to hold back. We We just invite you to have your way in this place, even right now. Holy Spirit, we even repent of how our heart wants to move on from how you want to move all the time. We're drawn to the next thing we've been conditioned, but right now we just say, Holy Spirit, have your way. I know it breaks the rules of the flow of our, you know, service, but I I think let's break some rules this morning. And uh, I, I just, I want us to stay right here in this moment. I know Western Church, we're really good at transitions, but we're not leaving. We're staying right here because I think God wants to say something uh, into his church this morning. And uh, I love Barry shared about as the expectation of the people of Israel, as they begin to expect something greater and something more and to be led somewhere they've never been, they were told to consecrate themselves. And it reminds me of this moment when Jesus is anointed and they're at a dinner and they're gathered around and a woman comes in and she breaks open uh, this vial of, of ointment and anoints his head. And the disciples are shocked because, you know, they're good church guys. They're shocked at this display uh, before the Lord. Why would she do that? And I, and I, I think that the two things are linked because when they would consecrate themselves, set themselves apart, they would pour an anointing oil over, over someone. They would anoint them and set them apart as holy and as set apart. And there's something special about taking what you have that's so, that is so important and so special and breaking it before the Lord. You know, this week I was praying. We've been in a lot of prayer and anticipation and preparation, praying for all kinds of things um, as a church. And I was going through my sermon, and I was like, oh, yeah, it's a good sermon. I, I felt good on it, but I was really deeply in prayer. And uh, as I was praying, I, I, this video came to my mind that I had seen, and it was a video of a young man who was attending a conference at a university uh, where some of the speakers were, were believers. It was a Christian university, and there was a moment where a young man just runs towards Towards the stage, and as he's running towards the stage, obviously in a room full of uh, university students, the security team comes out and tackles him, and he's on the stage, and he's, he's laying on the ground. He's saying, I need help. I'm not well. I need help. I'm not well. And, uh, and, and the, the speaker, <laughs> the guest speaker says, well, we pray that you would get the help that you need, you know, and, and the, the person who works at the university says, no, like, let's be the help that they need and gets up and goes and they begin to lay hands on this young man and pray over his life and begin to pray for him and pray for God to move. And so I just had this thought in my mind the whole time and began to feel it on my heart. So I went into the room. I told my wife, I said, I'm going to go into our closet and I'm going to pray because we have kids. We have no quiet space. And so I just went into the closet and I laid down and I was on my knees with my head to the ground and I just started weeping and crying. And if you know me, that's not necessarily my modus operandi, right? I don't operate in that space all the time of tears. And I told God, I said, God, what's happening? Because I'm happy. Like I feel 
good. Why am I crying, right? Why am I weeping? And I felt like the Lord in that moment was saying, this is my heart for the church, that my heart is weeping. This is the heart of the Father for his children, but this is also the heart I'm calling the children to have before the Father. See, many of us and many of you today, you're not here by mistake. If you came on Super Bowl Sunday, you're not here by accident. That, that God has brought you here because your life is kind of like a bottle of Coca-Cola with a couple Mentos popped in. And for the most part, you can keep the lid on. For the most part, and then maybe occasionally in your life, there's some people you feel safe enough to kind of like unscrew the lid a little bit. And like it starts to bubble over and then you put the lid back on. It's like that's enough honesty in front of those people, right? I can't let the whole thing come out, like right? But I feel like today God has called you here because like that woman, what he wants you to do is not take the lid off and put the lid back on. He wants you to break that bottle open before him, that all of the contents would be poured out, that you do not need to feel any longer like a, like a, a bubbling over of anxiety that just has the lid on, barely keeping it. That just all the things in your life, the, the hurt and the pain, the frustration, the difficulty, whatever it feels, can I tell you, church, I know that you've come in here and part of you is like, I am not well. I need to just pour it out. Some of you, it's not because you're maybe even in a super dark place. You just have some dreams and some things and some words have been spoken over you that have begun to limit. And when you're really honest with people, you take the lid off. But the Holy Spirit says, don't take the lid off. Throw the lid away and pour that out before me so that I can come and fill you up. Are you with me, church? You're not here by accident. You're here because God wants to do something. And see, that woman, she took a step. The people of Israel, they took a step to go out, to step into the water. You know when the water parted? When their feet touched the water. Some of you, it's time for your feet to touch the altar so that things can begin to break in your life. And I know we're breaking the rules on service. I'm sorry. Welcome to a Pentecostal church. <laughs> but that God wants to do something this morning in your life. So here's what I'm going to say. I know this is so raw and, and real. And so if you even take one step into the aisle, I believe God's going to bless this. If you even, can I just say, take one step in your heart, whatever it looks like to respond today, I'm going to invite you to come forward in just a second. But if you physically or, 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 or for some reason cannot, I just say respond because I think he's going to do something. So if you're here today and you feel like that, be honest, be honest. You got the, like that lid on, right? That lid, you're just like, okay, I let it off every once in a while. But today, you're just like, man, I just want to pour it all out before the Lord. Give him everything. Not church everything, right? Like really everything. Not like the church everything where you give him some things, but you keep some for later. Like the real everything where you pour it out. If that's you, before we go any farther, I want to pray with you. So I'm going to invite you. If you're here, the Holy Spirit says, come and pour everything out to him so he can fill you up. I'm just going to invite you right now. Come forward right here to the altar. We're going to pray for you, but just come. If that's you, it's like I'm taking the lid off. I'm pouring it out. And just as you come, just pour it out to him. Pour it out to him. Come right up front. You can kneel down. Whatever posture of humility you want to take, you want to lift your hands, you want to pray, whatever it is, you just say, God, I'm pouring it all out. If you're in this place, can we just thank the Lord for what he's doing and begin to intercede over these people we love? This is our family. This is our church family, whether this is their first Sunday or their hundredth Sunday. This is our family of believers. Staff, can you just even begin to pray right now? Let's begin to intercede. God, we pray, pour it out. Empty it. Everything, everything right now we just give to you. Everything we give to you. 
God, we don't just take the lid off. There's some of you, you're at the end of yourself. You battle anxiety, and you just feel like it's always bubbling up, like it could explode. Like any day you could go to work or you could keep driving and disappear into the woods. You don't even know. But right now, God, just say, would you give me all of that, all of that tension, all of that fear right now? Just pour it out to him. Pour it out to him. Just say, Jesus, all we want is you this morning. All we want is you. You can take whatever posture you want in this prayer time. If you want to sit, stand, kneel, whatever. We just say, Jesus, you're all we want right here, right here in this place. This is a really good place right here. You chose Mandy. Can I pray for you? You stand up. I think we just as a church, we're going to pray over you. It's interesting because Gianna was standing here, and I just felt like the same word for you too, that there's words that have been spoken over you and through your family and through your life that have not affirmed who God wants you to be, and he wants to just free your mind. But also he's trying, he wants to reveal some stuff for you, for your life that you don't have to be it for others, but it's for you. And it's special for you because you're special to him. We love Mandy. She's an awesome part of our team. Can you reach your hands out? Can we pray for her this morning? Holy Spirit, I just pray right now a renewal, an emptying of anything, anything that's not from you, an emptying of, of anxious thoughts and worries in the name of Jesus, that that territory of her mind and of her dreams and of her hopes, it belongs to you. It belongs to you in the name of Jesus. And Holy Spirit, I pray right now you would begin to impart even greater things into her mind and into her dreams and into her her visions even right now. God, that there was anything that has limited her or has been spoken over her, that, that the goal of the enemy was to limit what you've called her to. God, I pray you would release that and I pray you would speak directly into her mind with the truth of your word affirming in her life and the anointing. God, I pray that the gifts would well up in her, God, that even even if she feels uncertain, God, there would be a 
certainty in your spirit and over her life and an affirmation of who she is. God, I pray that there would be nothing, nothing is in her mind, whether it be shame or uncertainty that is, that is not of you, but there is such a freedom in her spirit in the name of Jesus that she walks under your authority and your covering, and also she is an heir with Jesus Christ as a daughter of the Most High God. So I just pray right now over your life right now that from right now that you would walk in the authority that has been given you by Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit right now. Right now. Okay, there's, there's one thing I want to pray. I hope you guys are okay with us praying at church. I hope that's okay. Uh, there's one thing I want to pray very specifically in this moment as the team's going, and that's for people who have maybe given up hope for healing, who struggle with hopelessness. Like, even to be safe and to be vulnerable in this moment is a lot for you, uh, but, but I want to pray for you that God would renew hope in your life. So I'm going to ask you, this is something really bold if you're somebody who's struggling with that, uh, that you would just lift your hand if you're saying, I, I need God to renew hope in my life. I need God to renew hope in my life. Okay, Ben's right here, Christian and Sydney. Can just, anybody near them, go pray for them. Anybody else? Right here. Hope, right here. Anybody else? Okay, awesome. If you're not within five feet, I can't see anything, so you might have to wave at me if you're further than five feet back. Okay, good. Let's pray. Let's pray right now. Would you join me, church? We love our family members here at church. Holy Spirit, we pray for a renewed hope. God, for those who've been praying for healing and restoration for years and years, we pray right now healing upon bodies. But even greater than in the physical, we pray a spiritual healing over hearts right now that you would renew hope and belief, that you would renew that hope. God, that in those moments where it feels like it's coming under attack by the lies of the enemy, we pray it renewed that hope is always worth it, that the hope is from you. God, we just pray constant hope in the name of Jesus. We pray a restoration of hope. And God, we pray if there's any lies that are coming against that, that say God cannot and God will not, we pray them broken in the name of Jesus. this is an alignment with Pastor Josh was saying. I had a little conversation with my kids over the last couple days, and one of them was, my, my grandson is 10 years old, and he wants to be a soccer player, but my 
son-in-law is a soccer coach at a university, and he says to his wife, he's not tall enough. He will not be tall enough to be a professional soccer player. And I was feeling like that was for someone here today. Not, you're not going to be a professional soccer player, but you've had dreams. You've had God dreams that someone else has told you, you won't be able to do that. You're not qualified for that. You're not good enough for that. You don't have the education for that. You will never be able to do that. And it has stunted your growth. And you have not been able to fully go after the things that God has put on your heart for years and years. And I feel like today is a day to have breakthrough in that area. So I'm going to pray over you. I I feel like, too, I'm just going to throw this in there. Some of you... Um, It's come in the form of shame also and rejection. So I think uh, there's a few pieces to this. So Heavenly Father, first of all, I thank you for your presence here. I thank you that we are a church that believes in healing, that we believe in signs, wonders, and miracles. And we believe that you want to move today. Father, I pray right now for those people who have had dreams, big dreams, and other people have discouraged them, and they've put them on the back burner, and sometimes they've even forgotten about them. I pray that God dreams would be restored today. I pray that hope would be restored. And I pray for those who have been carrying shame, disappointment, discouragement, rejection, that they are able to give that over to you, Father. Just like Josh was saying that some people put a a top on it and they're like afraid of it being opened up because of what it's going to expose. I pray that today is the day that you lift the lid and you let God just take all of the rejection, the hurt, the shame, the pain. Give it all to him. He wants to take it. It's too heavy for you to carry anymore. And God, I pray that we would pursue those dreams. We would pursue the things you've called us to. It's not too late. We are qualified because you qualify us. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Awesome. Can we just sing that uh, that chorus, All My Life You've Been Faithful? Is that that the chorus? I don't know if that's the chorus, but can we sing that? Thank you, yeah. We just praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for how you're moving this morning, even right now. We praise you. You're wonderful. You're worthy. God, we glorify you in this place. We thank you this morning. Man, you guys, go ahead and grab your seat. Let's jump right into the Word of God. Exodus 3. Well, we've been in the Word of God, but let's jump into this part of it. Exodus 3. 
I know this is the part where we have the connection card, but here's what I want to say. We love you. We want you to connect, grow, and serve here at Banner Church. The connection card is how we are a good steward of your intent to get connected. So there's one in, in your seat back pocket thing. Fill that out. Put your prayer request. Drop it in at the end of service so that, that we can really honor you and, and not only what God is doing in your life, but also just value you in, in your time here and help you to get connected. So let's let's do that. I'm going to put my phone on airplane mode. I'm preaching from my phone today because uh, that's what I had on me, and we're that deep into it. So how many of you just know the Lord is moving right now? Amen? Amen. Amen. I want to read to you from Exodus chapter 3 as we begin to kick off a series on who is Jesus. We're going to talk today on who is God, begin to inform our understanding. And this is, this is short. I put my message in 16-point font, which works out great. It's on my phone now. Uh, but it, it's just really, it's a quick thought here this morning. But I want to read a chunk of scripture to you from Exodus chapter 3. And it starts like this in verse 1, Exodus chapter 3. It says, Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. It says, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a, in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. It says, He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, and it was not consumed. And so Moses said, I will turn aside and see this great sight why the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, Here I am. Then the Lord said, Do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. The Lord said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. So the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. He says, I know they're suffering, and I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And now, behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. It says, verse 10, Come, I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? The Lord said, But I will be with you, and this shall be a sign for you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. And Moses said to God, If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, verse 14, right here, Exodus 3, verse 14, said, God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Say to the people of Israel, I am has sent you. Say to the people of Israel that I am has sent you. 
I think this is such a powerful recognition, and this is going to inform everything we talk about over the next few weeks as we look at the declarations of Jesus Christ on who he is. And that, that's not just like something neat we want to do. It's because we truly believe that God is moving, and part of that moving is understanding the heart of Jesus Christ, especially since he came to do the work of the Father and promise the Holy Spirit. But it all begins with, I am. So we have two things happening here. We have Israel, who are the promised people of God, but who are in slavery. Now, to be honest, if you're promised to be a great nation, there's probably nothing further from being a great nation than being in slavery, right? And not having a nation, but to be in another nation away from where you, you thought you were going to be a great nation, working for free for others, right? So the people of God are in slavery, and they're crying out to God to, uh, to, to free them. And very distinctively, they're living in this gap. Let's call it a gap. And the gap is, is the space between what was promised and the promise being fulfilled. Right? They're living in this tension between, I know what God has said will come to pass, and also what is currently existing in my day-to-day -day life. That's a big gap. I know that God has said we'll be a great nation, but I'm currently living in slavery. Some of you are here in that space today. You're in the gap between what you believe God has promised and what you see in your day-to-day -day life. In the, the supernatural promises of God, the truth of his word, and just the reality of your situational existence. Israel was there. And so Israel is crying out to God. And we know from historical record, one very important thing about Israel is that as they are in Egypt, what happens? They start to get the culture of Egypt into them. They start to get that culture. And, and you say, well, well how, how do we see that manifest? Well, in a lot of ways, but one of the clearest ways is when they're brought out to the desert to worship God, they often make the choice to go back and worship Canaanite gods. And at the time that Israel was in Egypt, the leaders over Israel before the rise of Ramses II were Canaanites. And so they have been uh, infiltrated by a paganized worship of God. And this is why Moses is asking, he's like, God, we got to make it really clear who's showing up to get them out. Because there's things they begin to worship. And, and we know that because when they're in the desert, they start worshiping some crazy things like golden calves. Here's the thing about a desert season. It will always reveal what you really worship. That's not a sermon for today, but that's just for you. Take that home. <laughs> That's free. That is free. You can share that on the internet. So God asked, or so Moses asked for clarity from the Lord. Because what's happened is when we read Scripture and we look at the account in Scripture, Abraham's descendants, immediate descendants, reference I am, who is Yahweh. That's his name, Yahweh. They reference Yahweh. But Jacob's descendants who is a descendant from Abraham, do not often reference Yahweh. 
And so the people in slavery are not referencing and worshiping Yahweh. They have a more ambiguous understanding. And so when God is sending Moses, he's clarifying, and Moses seeks clarity of the authority by which God will deliver them. Basically, here's what's happening. When Moses goes in and says, give me your name, he's not saying, uh, God, tell me what to call you and what your name is because, uh, you know, we're just going to pick an earthly name for you. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, God, would you give a reassurance of the authority and the character by which you plan on delivering them? Let me put it another way. Moses has not been around for a long time and is now going to show up to a people and say, hey, God sent me to lead you out of here into the desert. Now, think in human terms. Let's say you're working your job, right? You're, doing, you're crying out, right? Slavery is not great. But then a guy you've not seen for 40 years shows up and says, hey, guys, we're getting out of here. You'd be like, under whose authority, right? Who has given you the permission to lead us away from everything we know? That's the funny thing about slavery. It, it becomes comfortable in certain ways, which is the tragedy of slavery. And so he asks, what, by what authority am I going to tell them? And what, and what can they hope? And here's what he says in verse 14. If you've got your Bible, just go real quick back to verse 14. God said to Moses, I am who I am. So tell them, I am has sent you. That's a wild name, I am, right? <laughs> hey, man, it's good to meet you. What's your name? I am. What? Literally, he says, I am caused to be. I caused to be has sent you. Like, he's using a form of, like, existence and preeminence in this moment. That's, that is an amazing answer, I just have to say. Like, God is so awesome like that. That is an incredible answer. Because he's giving him something so important. He's revealing something. See, there are lots of descriptive title names about God. So like God is, is called in Genesis, uh, before we get to Exodus where he's called so clearly and reinstated Yahweh, he's called El uh, Elyon, which is most high, El Roi, which is God who sees me, El Shaddai, which is God Almighty, El Olam, which is eternal God, all different you know titles for, for God. He's called all kinds of things through Scripture. He's called Yahweh Nisi, the Lord is my banner, which is where we get our name. Or he's called all kinds of things. But very clearly right here, he's pointing to Yahweh, and he's saying, I am, I cause to be, and I will be. There's a sense of Yahweh, his personal name, ties into the very clear quality that he was and is and is to come. In Revelation 4, we hear about in heaven that there's these winged creatures flying around the throne, and they're worshiping, and their worship to him goes like this. Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And they just sing that over and over and over again. So if you, th if you think modern worship choruses are repetitive, just wait till heaven. <laughs> it's holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and who is and is to come. That's Yahweh. That's what he says. He says, I am. When Jesus points back to it, he's pointing back to who God is. I am Yahweh. God is. Here's a few things about Yahweh. They're important then. They're just as important now. You ready? Three really quick things. Yahweh, God, is greater. Genesis 1 says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Oh, you know what I didn't announce because we were just in it? The Fry Baby is here. Oh, my gosh. Can you guys just wave? I'm so sorry. I know you're trying to, like, parent. 
You're trying to parent. You guys, we're just babies everywhere. Just adorable babies. This is the baby corner, Jeff and Fran. You guys, we, we already with you, but love it. Very good. I know you're taking her out, so I'm sorry. I didn't mean to call attention to you. Don't post about that on Instagram. I love you. Uh, <laughs> uh, where were we? God is greater. Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Uh, that's, that's apparently the baby corner. If you want a baby, just sit over there, right, guys? Good. Um, but God created the heavens and uh, heavens and the earth. And I love this because it's telling something very clear. God created, not God was created, but that God created. There's an order. Who did the creating? God. What did he create? Everything. Who created him? Nothing. That messes with people. Because, right? The, cre the creator is not controlled by his creation. He caused all to be. He's self-existent. He's above all that exists. He's not subject to anything. That's why in Colossians 1.16, it says, For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or rulers or powers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. I love that. God is above all. He is before all. He is greater than all. That is comforting for us, Right? Anything we face, God is greater. Hear me. Anything we face, God is greater. There is nothing visible or invisible that is greater than God. That is an awesome thought. God is not... Uh, given to the rising and fallings of the world around him. God has created all things. He is before all things. That means in Israel, God was greater than slavery. It means for you, God is greater than your slavery to sin and shame. It means for us today that God is greater than the things we would face and the trials we would come against, that his spirit is greater, that the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ is greater. There is a sense that God is greater. Rule of thumb, don't follow a God that's not greater. It's a waste of your time. You don't need a really complicated, confusing, inaccessible, unpowerful God. It's an absolute waste of your life. It will not release you. He will not change you. He will not free you from addiction. He will not break shame over your life. You need the real God, Yahweh I am, who is before all and will be at the end of all, who always is. That's a good God. We want the real thing. God is greater. And within God being greater, it means God is eternal and unchangeable. Second thing, God is eternal and unchangeable. There is nothing that can change God. There's nothing that can alter him. There's nothing that can derail him. I've been hearing all kinds of stuff about pro progressive ideology within God. Listen, God is not progressive. He's the same. Now, some of his ideas about how we value people, you know, depending on whatever culture you're in, right, might seem one, I don't know. I don't really know how to go there. And I don't want to go there, to be honest, because someone's going to capture that. They're going to use it on Instagram. Here's the reality. God's not progressive. God is not evolving. God is the same. <laughs> like, he's the same. Always, forever will be. He's the same. He's the same. Hebrews 13 says of Jesus. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Man, that's so important, church. Because culture has said truth is subjective. It's not subjective. It's objective. 
And it's objectively related to an objective God who will not change, who doesn't uh, morph, evolve, transition. He's the same. He's the same yesterday, today, forever. People say, well, he was different in the Old Testament and different in the New Testament. No, he's not. We have a new covenant, but it's the same God. It's the same God. It's the same truth at work in us. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. We sang a song, Firm Foundation. That's a real thing. Like we weren't just making it up because it made like a nice song. We didn't even write the song. We just borrowed it from the internet. He's a firm foundation. Church, what if we actually believed that God was the same yesterday, today, and forever? See, people are not the same yesterday, today, and forever. Thank goodness, right? How many of you are thankful that you're different today than you were yesterday and are hoping you're different tomorrow than you were today, right? Amen? <laughs> See, the hard part is as we approach God, especially when we call him Father, I think we think sometimes of approaching our earthly father. And I'm a father. My kids approach me. I won't indict my dad. I will indict myself and say sometimes if I haven't had enough sleep, thanks to my beautiful children that I some reason love so much um, that I haven't slept enough, they approach me. I might not be as, you know, gregarious and fun at that request when they've asked me for cheese eight times that day, right? There's a sense of, like, I'm not always the same when they come to me. And I want to say I'm perfect. It's not true. Like, you know, I, I, I repent just like everybody else, right? Like, people have mood swings. People have differences. People have different attitudes. What I love about God is God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So when you come to him, you're getting the same thing every time. It's the same God. That means the same love that was on the cross is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means the same power that rose Christ from the grave is the same yesterday, today, and forever. See, church, we act like we're in a different age. We're not in a different age. We're in this age, and God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. People say, well, the Spirit, that was for that age. No, the Spirit is for yesterday, today, and forever. You can go all the way back to the beginning. The Spirit was hovering over chaos, and you could come right here this morning and see that the Spirit was moving amidst chaos and hearts to bring order in lives. Same yesterday, today, and forever. The shalom peace of God yesterday, today, and forever. The freedom from sin and shame. See, some of us, we think that's just for some people or that's for a time, and this is what's amazing. God took upon himself, Jesus Christ took upon himself your sin and shame on the cross and defeated it. It was done. So that means if it was done then, it's done now, and it's done tomorrow. And it, guess what? It's done Tuesday, and it's done Wednesday, and Thursday, and Friday, every day. You say, well, I, I still have it. And I would say, you don't have to if you give it to him. That's a lie of the enemy that says it's not the same tomorrow. It's not the same today. It's not the same for you. It doesn't matter. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is the same. He's eternal and unchangeable. It's the same revival spirit. Do you know the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead lives in you? Not a lesser version, right? You didn't get like diet vanilla Coke version of God. You got that good taco spot Coke, right? You know what I'm talking about? Got the real stuff. It's the same thing of the spirit, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Every time you come before the Lord, He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Which means one very important thing as it pertains to the Word of God is that His promises are true yesterday, today, and forever. 
Some of you need to hear this this morning as we've been praying over your life that God would begin to move and he's begin to stir and you're wondering if that's something you can trust. Can you trust that what he's beginning to stir, that, that it's safe to press into that? I don't know if safe's the right answer, but I can say it's true and it's faithful because God is faithful and true to all his promises. He is safe, but I'm saying he's calling you out into something unique, but you need to hear today that God is faithful and true to all his promises. God is faithful and he is true to all his promises. I remember, because your baby's here, I can share this. I remember when I spoke a word over Patrick's life that he did not want to receive because everything was awful. And I remember that. I remember what happened. And now I I see your baby here and it's awesome. And, And I think that in many ways, that's how God operates, is he's beginning to speak over you even right now what you don't want to hear because you're in a hard place. But can I just tell you his word is true and is, he's faithful and true to all his promises. Psalm 145, 13 says, the Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and is faithful in all he does. Amen? 2 Timothy two thirteen says, if we're faithless, He still remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. That's an awesome verse. The first part's scary, but the second part's great. Man, God is still faithful. How many of you know people aren't always faithful? We've all dropped the ball. We won't raise our hand for our neighbor. We'll raise it for ourselves, right? We've all dropped the ball on something, right? God cannot drop the ball. God is not surprised by things. God is not taken back by the state of it. He is faithful and true. I think that's so important that God's word is true yesterday, today, and forever because some of you today are anxious about what God is speaking over your life or maybe the state that you're in or the place in which you're facing. Maybe you feel lost or worried. I want to encourage you. Israel felt that way. Can you imagine? You're told you're the chosen people of God. Now you're slaves. Someone comes in and begins to speak promise over your life. You're like, nah, nah, we're not hoping for that. It's been hundreds of years we've been in slavery. It hasn't been like a long weekend. Hundreds of years we've been in slavery. Generations upon generations. That's hard to believe in, in great things. It's hard to believe in freedom. But they were still crying out to God. Here's what I think they were praying. Ready? This is the Josh abbreviated version. God, when... Have you ever prayed that prayer? God, when? Right? Good. You've just joined yourself with all the children of God, like, from the beginning of time. Like, God, when? 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 Okay. Yep. God, when? 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 And that's very much what they were praying. So there was a sense of anticipation, but there was a fear and a hopelessness in the people of Israel. And it, and it really followed them all the way towards the promised land of like, okay, God, we're not sure when. When are you going to move? What are you going to do? And, and there was something God was trying to teach them that he is faithful and true to his promises. God tells them, he says, tell them I am. Tell them Yahweh, I am. He who caused to be. He who is faithful. He who is true to his promises. He who is never surprised by the things of the world. He who is not constrained by time or place, but is infinite and absolute. He is the one who is sending you. He is trustworthy. He is faithful. He says, Moses, call him back into the truth of the word, which is that God is faithful. Church, God is faithful. The question is not whether God is faithful, but whether we will trust God. And trust is really only worth anything in trial. 
Trusting God when he's doing what you want and moving in a certain way you can see, that's not really faith or trust. That's just like participation. Trust is when we cannot see and do not know and have to believe that God is faithful to answer. Right? That's when it really matters. That's when it's tempered. That's when it's tested. And this morning, God is, I really believe that the message is not, oh, you better trust God. You're not trusting him enough. You're not doing what he wants. It's God to say, listen, I love you. I see you. I know you. I'm here to speak to you and to say, listen, I love you. Let me lift you up out of a place of feeling alone, out of a place of feeling overwhelmed, out of a place of feeling overcome to say, listen, if you would just trust me, I'll lead you. If you would trust me, I'll guide you. If you'll trust me, I'll go before you. Gaetano, would you come up here? How many of you, how many of you have ever seen God move in a certain way in your life? Just raise your hand. You've seen God move. Raise your hand. Now, now take the bend out. You've seen God move in your life. Take the bend out. Good, 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 good. If you haven't, just be encouraged, right? This, 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 statistically, numbers are on your side. You've seen God move. Man, when we are just in it, right? Some of you, you're up here just in it. It is so much harder to look back at this than it is to look forward at what we don't know. Like, how many of us have seen, like, you don't have to raise your hand for this, like, God save, saved us, right? You're all here, right? Saved us. If you're not, I just want to tell you, God does want to bring you salvation right now through Jesus Christ. So you could just be like, that's me right now. I have one. Maybe saved your family, maybe redeemed your family, right? But then we have that one person we just think, like, oh, it's not possible for them. Why? We have evidence. We have testimony of what God has done in our own lives. Man, healing. How many have just seen God move in healing? But man, if we're being honest, it's so hard to walk into unhealth and brokenness and struggle and diagnoses and, 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 and be in that space and, and look back and go, yeah, but look how God healed me and released me and freed me, right? You know what that space between there? That's just trusting God. Can I tell you if he was faithful to restore, he's faithful, faithful to restore again. If he's faithful to heal and you've seen healing, did you know he's faithful to heal right now, yesterday, today, and forever? If he was faithful to rescue you or your family from addiction and suffering and trauma, he's faithful to right now. He's faithful to right now. He still is. If he was faithful to love you, in the depths of your sin and shame, he's faithful to love you right now, right here, where you are. He was faithful to work miracles, and you've seen him. Maybe you haven't seen him personally, but you've read the book of Acts. He was faithful then, and he doesn't change, and he's faithful now. The same God of the book of Acts is here, present in this place. That's why we're seeing things happen and things move. It's not because we're great. In fact, we came into this Sunday, and I was like, I have no idea what actually God wants to say beyond a certain point. And the team was like, okay. And they're all much more spiritual than I. They're like, yes, the Spirit's going to lead us. And I was like, I'm terrified, right? That's where we trust God. That's why the Spirit's moving even right now in this place. Because there's a sense of not, what do we need to do? and What do we need to have happen? It's just a sense of, will I trust God? Will I trust Him with everything? Will I give Him everything? And some of you just need to hear, if God was faithful, then He's faithful now. If God was faithful, then He's faithful now. Hear me, if God was faithful then, right now, right here, he's faithful now. Do this with me. Would you just close your eyes? 
So I'm going to respond today as we close. Man, you don't need a complicated response this morning. The Lord's already begun to speak to you. Yahweh is already moving. The great I am who has sent his spirit to be present with us right here, right now, speaking into your heart. What I want to encourage you is to not try to find, even in this moment, something he's not leading you to, but just be led by him. Sometimes I think we can try to figure out how to lay our, our blanket down on, on the beach. I just picture the Oregon coast. Like we're trying to figure out where, where are we going to put our towel? And we're still back with Lewis and Clark in Missouri. And he's just saying, just follow me to the next thing. Take a step to follow me and just say, Lord, I trust you. The question isn't, is God faithful? He is faithful. The question isn't, will God move? He is moving. The question is, God, will I trust you with everything? Like I said the, earlier today, it's not with just like some things. Not the God, I trust you with what I feel okay giving up to you, but God, I trust you with everything. I trust you with everything in my life. And here's what's amazing as we begin to do that and be led by God. You will see the miraculous unfold in your life. Because that is what God has done. That is what he is doing. And that is what he will do. So just beginning wherever you're at, I just want you to take a moment, you and Jesus, and just begin to say, I trust you. I trust you in everything. Maybe something's going to come to your mind. It's going to say, I trust you. I trust you in that way. I trust you right now. I trust you. Whatever it is, whatever comes up right now, I just encourage you. This is a moment of surrender to him. Maybe it's a moment of repentance. There's things in your life that you've not laid down to him. You're longing for him to move. But you just need to say, I trust you. Maybe it's just been a sense of discouragement that now you just, you long for that life and that joy and that freedom. You're just going to say, Jesus, I trust you. Maybe it's scary to think and to hope again and believe for what God's going to do and believe for what he can do and believe for really your life on fire with the Spirit or your church on fire with the Spirit because you can't control it. And the last time you couldn't control something, you got hurt. But this morning, God is just saying, will you trust me? Take this moment, you and the Lord right now. wait on you Holy Spirit right now just invite him even right now it's a ministry there's a work that he's begun he began this morning he wants to continue right now in your heart would you stand with me just eyes closed stand with me in this moment I just want to speak some things over you and I want you to just to respond to the Lord. I believe the Lord just speaking this morning. Would you trust that I have freed you from shame? Would you trust that I have freed you from shame? Come on, somebody needs to hear that this morning. 
you have a lot of that bottled up. If you're really honest, you just weep before the Lord sometimes when you're all by yourself. But the Lord right now is just speaking over your life, and he's saying, trust that I have freed you from all sin and shame. Don't allow the lies of the enemy to come into your mind, but trust that I have freed you from shame. Give it all to me and say, I trust you, Jesus. Someone this morning, the Lord is just inviting you, saying, I recognize, picturing some men of God in this place. God's saying, I recognize your heart to be a hard worker, to be very dutiful, to work in a, in a studious manner. And you carry a lot of weight on your shoulders with your work, with your job, with your finances. And he's just saying, hey, would, would you trust me first? I've gifted you. I've called you. I've sent you. But I want you to trust me, he's saying to you this morning. Would you trust me in how I'm leading you? Would you trust me to renew you, not other things? Don't let other things be the source of the renewal of your mind or your body, but may, may the word of God renew your mind. May the spirit renew you in the depths of your being. He's saying, would you trust me first? You've had to rely on your own instinct, your own ability your own effort, your own energy, your own hands, but he's saying right now, would you just trust me? Just whatever that is, just take a minute and just say, God, I trust you first. I trust you first. Thank you for listening to the Banner Church Podcast. We hope this message was impactful for you. Check the episode notes to visit our website, follow us on social media, and subscribe to our podcast. We'll see you again next week.